What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 18 of the Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike Sullivan, back alongside Chris Davis, and we're here to talk all things NHL. Some big news dropped this week. Obviously, there was a, a giant Shane Pinto uh, <laughs> conundrum, I guess you could call it. Um, surprises both ways in the NHL throughout the league and um, a bunch of other stuff to talk about. But before we get into it, Chris, I see you got a new mic. How we doing? Doing good, man. Doing doing unbelievable. Uh, got a whole new setup in here. Uh, got a new TV and stuff for Chell. And yeah, just fired up, man. It's, you know, it's definitely humbling, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> happy to be able to do this. So yeah, it's all good. All good. All good. So yeah, like we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. What do you want to touch on first? Man, I <laughs> I think first, man, this uh, like literally within minutes, like minutes before us starting to record, um, Bruins announced that they're recalling Mason Lowry and Jacob Zaboral and sending down Patrick Brown and Jesper Bolquist. Yeah, um, Brown, Brown deserves to yeah. be sent down. <laughs> that was tough. Maybe. Yeah, two thumbs yeah. down, dude. Dude, it was just – and again, man, like it's it just – I think everyone who has any sense of, you know, the game of hockey and – he just didn't belong. Like yeah, he didn't from the beginning, and they they missed on this one. I mean, luckily Dude. it wasn't a huge. But again, you know, we had these people telling me, well, you know, he he's gonna help this team. He, he's gonna push people. The only people he was fucking pushing were these rookies that were wanting him fucking pushed out. Like that, right. it it made no sense. And like again, I thought, in my opinion, you could have had Low Rye up in this lineup way earlier than this. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. Like it, it doesn't shock me that he's coming up. And like again, I hope it's for not just cap reasons. Um, yeah. Obviously, the reports of you know now are it's looking that way that it's just for cap reasons. I hope he starts to get some ice time. But yeah, dude, it, it, again, this this dude just did not belong. I didn't mind Boquist. Yeah, I thought I thought he played okay. Um, would I like to see some of these other guys, the the Oscar Steens, the McLaughlins, the Kuntar? Like, I'd love for them to get a look, um, because I think I think they deserve it. Um, other than that, man, like, what what were your thoughts when you first saw this? I mean, I know it's obviously like pretty raw motion, but curious. Yeah. So I understand that it's most likely for cap reasons. It's most likely a paper transaction, um, but. I mean, there's a little tiny percentage of me that that thinks that maybe he is going to stay. Um, I don't know if a trade is in the works with with Derek Forbert. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think that's more wishful thinking than anything else. But in terms of Patrick Brown, right? And you kind of touched on this, but why? I don't understand why is he getting a look over guys like Oscar Steen, over guys like Mark McLaughlin. Um, Trevor Kuntar, you name it. I mean, name any of the guys down in Providence who have been grinding it out and playing well and who played during the preseason too and played well. Yeah. I mean, th- those guys deserve a shot more than Patrick Brown. I can tell yeah. you that. I think this move, like, kind of puts the nail in the coffin, right? Like, this experiment, so. as far as I know, like, and as far as I see, this experiment should be over. Like, yes. done. There, there, there is no reason why we should see this dude back in the lineup. It's very nostalgic that he's a a Massachusetts guy, like whatever. Very, you know, Sween Dog loves doing that shit. 
but <laughs> we've seen enough, dude. Like, dude, he literally he literally cost the Bruins the game against Anaheim. Like, what are you doing? You go out there late in the third period. All you have to do is play smart. And what do you do? You go behind the net. You like tackle a guy for no reason. Give Anaheim some momentum. They score on the power play and then they score again. And there's a lot more of that game that we could get into as to why they lost. But the first domino to fall was caused by Patrick Brown in the five seconds of ice time that he had. He still managed to somehow do something wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a, I mean, that's a great point. And we, you know, we talk about the, just how that team just collapsed. Right. But I think another piece that we're kind of not really acknowledging is that Anaheim capitalized, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They weren't given anything. They capitalized on their opportunities, man. Fucking Leo Carlson. I'll tell you what, dude. Like so good. That that kid is unbelievable. And that sauce that he had to fucking McTavish, like again, that's not an easy pass to make, dude. No. It's not an easy pass to make at all. And I mean mm-hmm. McTavish's celly was fucking awful, but like I mean, that, was, <laughs> that was the worst part of the play. But dude, I just and, and obviously I was at the BC game, so all I was watching was like clips and like seeing what you and Boosie, you know, were were te- you know tweeting and stuff. But I was able to go back and watch, man, and like very rarely have you seen a dude in the lineup that is just a complete fucking liability. Yeah, every shift that he's out there, every single yeah. shift. Like again, you know, we dog on Forbert, but listen, that dude's shot blocking ability, like he brings something to that lineup, right? Yeah. As much as we fucking dog on him and whatever, like he is still serviceable, right? He he brings that shot blocking ability. He's a big boy, physical. This he the other guy, he he just was a complete liability every game that he's been in. He just doesn't he just looks like he doesn't belong, man. And is that like a that he's getting older thing, that he's lost a step? I don't I don't know. Does he not fit within this system? It's actually a system that should be built or that is built for him to thrive in his, his yeah. you know, his style of game. And he just looked horrendous, dude. Like, and I actually, it was a tweet that you put out and I was like, I'm all for the Oscar Steen, Mark McLaughlin. Let's fire that up, man. Cause like, seems like every year they, they sprinkle in these prospects and give them ice time. They switch, you know, switch minutes up. And I'm all for that at this point, man. Like you got, you have two injuries on your fourth line. Let's start to, you know, sprinkle some of these prospects in and and some of these younger guys. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously Jacob Lauko taking that skate from uh, Dickinson, just barely missing his eye. I mean, how lucky, how lucky is he to not have caught that right in the eye? Hey, Um, fucking hockey guy, man, coming back and making a joke to fucking. I know that tweet, dude, that tweet was so funny. I had to look twice to see if it was actually fucking him and not just (laughs) Troll account, and I was like, "There's no way this dude just fucking posted this shit." <laughs> yes, dude. That's dude, so funny, man. And he's such a character. He, even before this, man, he's just a, just such a. You can tell he's just such a fun dude. Like hilarious oh, yeah. on Twitter, man. Like one of my favorite followers. Dude, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say too. Like he's such an underrated follow on Twitter because every time he puts out a tweet, it's funny. Like he's genuinely a funny guy. Um. But like you said, though, like like you got Lucic out for at least a couple of weeks after he took a forward shot to the foot. He has a fracture. Obviously, Jacob Lauco. I don't I don't think anyone knows his timeline yet. But I mean, don't rush back from that when you're ready. You're ready because that's I mean, mentally, you have to kind of gather yourself again and then also physically gather yourself. But that leaves you with two spots open on that fourth line wing. Um, Now Brown is sent down. 
start. I, I want to see guys like Steen and McLaughlin, especially McLaughlin, dude. Um, yeah, that, that's not we're not showing any bias here, but like, come on, man. Right, like, the kid is he's a good fucking player, man. Like he's, he is. He can play. Like he, yeah, he struggled in the preseason for you know, and but again, he he deserves a chance too, man. Just as much as fucking Patrick Brown did. Yeah, more than Patrick Brown, honestly. And uh, yeah, dude, it's just you know, it's time. It's I I will admit. I was I felt very strongly that at least Patra and Lowry were going to make this team and Beecher. Yeah, uh, those were like my three, and I I had said this af- right after development camp, and I I think I thought it was going to happen sooner, but I'm not surprised by this Lowry move in, in yeah. the, you know the least bit. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not either. Um... But again, I, talking about that game last night, man, like, and, yeah. and this being like not a, not a bias, like we, we talk all things hockey, all teams, everything. And I was impressed, man, by this, this Ducks team, man, like this young core that they have, I'm excited about because they have, you know, fucking Leo Carlson, Trevor. Yeah, dude. Like McTavish. I love McTavish, man. He's going to be a, he's going to be a fucking banger, dude. Dude, Jamie Jamie Drysdale still isn't Olin Zellweger. The team. We, we mentioned all these guys, man. Like it's they're going to be a fun team to uh you know to watch, and they're they're one of those teams. You know, we see teams like Detroit right now. We see Buffalo. You know, but they've been struggling a little bit. But Ottawa, and did I just say Ottawa? Or I no, no, you said Detroit. Ottawa, Buffalo are the three where, and I could see Anaheim being a team like that, right? Where all of a sudden. They add a couple pieces. They add a couple big names, whatever. They hit some of these draft picks start to hit more and more. And you're going to start seeing them like, holy shit, like this team can actually play. Like they are good. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like that was a bad loss. I mean, you're you're up 3-1. Like yeah, that's some, that's one you got to put home. You know, you, you got you to gotta seal that. And unfortunately this – you know, Patrick Brown was a huge part in that. There were other factors for sure. I'd be an idiot to say that he was the only reason why they lost. Yeah. But he was really bad. And yeah. they're making the right move here. Um, and, and again, I hope it's not just like a paper transaction. He's right back in the lineup because it would be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like other issues that you were referring to, like maybe actually clear the puck. That might, that might, that might help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think this is like one of the first episodes where we're, where we're to the DMs from people. So we only got six, um, today. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, as, as we do more episodes and as, you know, more content comes out that we get more questions, but there are actually some really good questions, dude. Um, and the first one we're going to start with, actually, I want to pull up so I can get their, um, you know, their Twitters out there and stuff so I can. Um, Give them a nice little plug. Yeah, because, you know, honestly, a lot of these questions, man, were, like, really – and they made me – some of them made me, like, actually think, man. I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. um, So we're going to start off with uh, Tommy Bennett. Um, You can follow him at at TJBennett37, and there's three T's at the end at Bennett. Um, And his question was, biggest surprise team in a good way and bad way for the NHL? And I think – like right off the bat, I was like, "We're gonna have the fucking same teams." I, I'm like, I'm gonna look like an idiot if I don't. So don't fucking fail me. <laughs> but uh, so 
we're gonna go on three. We'll, we'll start with the good. We'll start with the good. Start, start with the good. Start with the good. All, All right. Three. So three, two, one, go. No senators. Real. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Detroit. Mine was Detroit. Well, I knew it was gonna be yeah. One of those yeah. two. Honestly, we we just mentioned those three teams, right? Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo has struggled a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but man, like fucking. I thought we were gonna say this. <laughs> but uh, dude, like between Ottawa and Detroit, like take your pick. Like both of those teams are fucking like unreal right now, and, yeah. and honestly, it's gonna be a big test for the Bruins uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's a big game. You know, because that's not a fucking cakewalk anymore, dude. Like Mo Sider is playing like a fucking maniac right now, and he's pissed. He's playing pissed off, dude. Yeah, dude. Well. So Detroit, right? I think, like you said too, when you were looking at the Atlantic Division, the three teams—Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa—those were the three wild card teams where you expected at least one of them to make a jump into the next level. And I want to say, in in my opinion, Detroit was probably the least likely to make that jump. Right? You probably yeah. would have had Buffalo and Ottawa above Detroit, yeah. but through eight games, they're five, two, and one. Dylan Larkin is a madman right now. He's got 15 points through eight games. Alex DeBrinkett has nine goals through eight games. I can't wait to give you your Christmas gift this year. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Larkin with 11 assists too. 11 assists through eight games, dude. 15 points through eight games. And they're goaltending too. They're 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 playing really well. Um, Billy, uh, I'll, actually, I'll start with Reimer. Reimer's been playing better than Huso. Reimer, he's, he's uh, two and one. Goals against average of 1.68 and a save percentage of 9.39. And when you go on the other side, it's actually interesting because Billy Huso has played more games than Reimer. He's played five games. He's 3-1-1, one, one, but his numbers are worse. He's got an 8.93 save percentage and a 3.38 goals against. So Detroit is kind of – I don't want to necessarily say relying, but they're leaning on their scoring to kind of get them through games, which – I mean, right now it's working. It's it's hard to knock that when it works. Now we'll see how that ends up working for them when when as as we continue on the season and see how it works long term. But you, I mean, eight games into the season, you got to consider they're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Their offense is probably going to cool down at some point, just a little bit. Huso is going to not be that bad because he's a good goaltender. He's not going to be a sub nine hundred save percentage goaltender. Um, but I mean, it's good to see. You know, they're back up and Reimer playing well too. That 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 always helps as a motorcycle goes screaming down my street. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's, that's someone fucking taking Patrick Brown to the to uh, Providence. <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I mean that's my surprise good team. Now we can do surprise bad team, and this is where we might be. Um, I, I want to touch on Detroit too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because one thing that, yeah, you know, Billy, you know, Huso and Reimer are they're serviceable goaltenders, right? And yeah, I think I think a lot of the talk going into the season was like, hey, is this Iser plan right actually working? Yeah, is this just a hunk of bullshit that we've been just saying, hey? Eyes are playing this. Eyes are playing that. Man, the the two dudes that had probably the biggest sophomore slumps last year in Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider 
are also fucking madmen. Yeah. And one thing that I find really interesting is that they have one of the top goalie prospects coming up in the NHL and Sebastian Kosa. Yeah. And whether he's, I don't know if he's not NHL ready now, but once he is, dude, like they're going to be even fucking better. Yeah. Right. He's and huge, dude. He is great. And he's unreal, man. He yeah. high traffic, like, and you hope that Detroit, hit, you know, Detroit hits on this one. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see, like, and, and Reimer and, and Huso are, are hanging in there, man. Like, they're they're making those spot starts, and they're, you know, kind of feeding off each other. And then, yeah, they're – I think they're going to rely heavily on the on the goal-scoring as, aspect of things. And, yeah, De, like, the chemistry that Debrinkit and Larkin have are – it's it, it's like right now I'd be – I don't think it's a hot take. It's probably top five in the NHL right now. Just oh, I would agree with you 100%. Like duos right now. Um, yeah, like I I would put them top five, just like how how well they see the ice together and whatever. But yeah, they're exciting mean, to watch. And um, they're, they're going to, I think they're going to make some noise throughout the year, man. Like they're, they're fun to watch. And they have, you know, they have other guys. I love watching Andrew Kopp, dude. Like yep. he's. I think he's so underrated. Like, oh, dude, hundred him, him and David Perron together too. I yeah, mean, that's I, sick. I think he's, he's such an underrated player, and like, I, I think he was buried in Winnipeg too. Like all those years that, like, yep. I, I, I just love watching him. But yeah, we can we can kind of switch over to the bad teams. I I don't know. Now, I have a couple now after this one. Now after, or sorry, after the last fucking. We probably don't have the same ones. <laughs> I'm thinking, dude, maybe not. I think there's... There's one there's, that's obvious. Yeah, and I think that's the one that I'm going to go with just because it's kind of insane what, what their team looks like right now. But there's another, like, there's a couple other ones that you could pick. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll start it off, and I think the team that we're both talking about is the Edmonton Oilers, right? Yeah, yeah. This, that team is in complete fucking turmoil right now. And yeah, you know what? We're less than 10 games in a um, lot of hockey to be played, but man, this team just looks so fucking dis- discombobulated. Yeah. You know, there's so many aspects and, you know, you're seeing the frustration from Jay Woodcroft. You're seeing the frustration from Leon Dreisaitl. You're, you're seeing like Connor McDavid out one to two weeks. Like I think we talked about it last episode, man. As Connor goes, this team goes. Yep. And this is like a clear-cut example of like you don't put your fucking all your eggs in. in. I get it. He's the best fucking player in the world right now, and he is. But again, what do you have now? Like Dreisaitl is – right now it's looking like he's a hell of a fucking player, right? Probably t- – he is top five. But he needs McDavid, man. Like he yeah. – like they – the chemistry that those two have is unbelievable and unmatched. Like, and they're just, you're seeing a lot of these, the, the goaltending is being exposed, right? So bad. So bad. The decor is my God, dude, they're fucking decor. And again, is Darnell nurse a good defenseman? Yes. He's, he's a very, very good defenseman. Is he worth fucking Charlie McAvoy money? Get fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think those two are even comp- like even remotely close in the same conversation, you're fucking insane. What would you consider a fair deal for Nurse to be? It depends what they're looking for because the the thing is, it's a weird spot to be in because I wouldn't trade Nurse 
because of how bad their decor is. Right. You can't at this point. Now, hypothetically, is their biggest need is probably goaltending. Yep. So if you're looking at it from that, I don't even know what I would get. Like, what goalie would be worth? $9 million for Darnell Nurse? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, I, I just, again, and, and like, yeah, if you were to trade Darnell Nurse, you're putting an even bigger hole. Like, again, I, it's just, that wouldn't make sense to me. But it's, they're bad, man. Like, they're just not, they're not a deep team. Nope. They're and you know what? Sometimes that's a successful it, – it, it works sometimes, right? But when you have the best player in the world get injured and all this turmoil happens when you don't have your captain and, and and you're seeing it, dude. Like these dudes are doing interviews and they're like snapping on reporters. Like they're like frustrated. Leon. Leon is frustrated as hell and right now. You know what? I, I don't blame him. I, I'd be fucking pissed too. Like these questions that they're getting, like it is these people's job and I, I understand that, but like – Think about it from like Leon's uh, you know point of view. It's he just is. It, it's not worth like whatever they're doing there. It's not fucking working, dude. Yep. And this kind of goes into like w- one of our other DM questions that we'll get into. But like again, what do you do with a team like this, dude? I I like you can't you can't completely scrap it because if you completely scrap it, you're losing. And it's crazy to say, but you're if if. The plan is to scrap and start from scratch, which I don't think is the is what Edmonton fans and their front office want to do. I think they have a good team. It's just something isn't clicking. But you're kind of, you know, salary cap constrained by three guys with no if goalies. Had, if I had to ask you, and I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, like, what would you say is not clicking? I, I, I think the only thing that's not clicking is that they don't have depth. Right. Right, and that's kind of, that's kind of what I mean. Like they don't have that secondary scoring. Vander Kane was benched for multiple periods. Yep. They finally fucking put him out there. I, I can't recall which game it was, and he dropped the mitts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and and he he said the same thing, dude. He was like, "Well, I got benched all fucking game. Like I figured once I get out there, I'd go fucking punch someone." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, that's one way to do it. I can't say I disagree." <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to make an impact yeah but like yeah like again it's shit like that that you know you hear these players talking about it and you're like they just sound disgruntled they sound they're frustrated and I, and rightfully so man like it, but how do you even begin to address something like this yeah Kane right now three points through seven games he's a minus eight and he has 14 penalty minutes um he's on that first line too like that's like you can't you asked me what would I do? Can I? I, I, I don't know. Into this. Yeah. One player that I really like on that team that, and it's probably probably a player that not a lot of people know, is Dylan Holloway. Mm, that's a yeah, that's a good call. It's a good he dude, and and him being in college hockey, I was able to watch him a ton. I love yeah. his game. It's a good piece. But like, unfortunately, would it take? And he was a uh, first round pick. Like, again, but is he putting up those kind of numbers? Where is it just not a fit? So, do you start by getting rid of some of these younger guys that you have in place? Because I don't think this is necessarily an age issue. Like, or, yeah. or hey, we're too old. Or I don't. It, it just seems like a chemistry issue, honestly, to it me. Does. And again, I like I'm an outsider. I don't know a whole lot about 
the Oilers, I see the highlights and I can read their stats, obviously, like fucking everyone else can. It just seems like there's like a weird vibe, a weird chemistry going on in that locker room, right? Like you have the coach cussing, you know, cussing up a storm, like talking to reporters. You have yeah. Vander Kane answering questions that are like, okay, like Leon Dreisaitl is fucking frustrated. Like, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to start. Like, yeah, I I think I think it leans no, mostly. You're right. You're right. Huh? You can't scrap this. You can't, because you. What are you going to do? Trade McDavid or Drysital? Like, no. And again, not do that. But also, they they put themselves in positions where they offered these contracts that are, let's let's call it for what it is, man. We just talked about Darnell uh, Darnell Nurse. Fucking Evander Kane's contract isn't so pretty either, dude. Uh, yep. Like, yep. and they just they they lock they lock themselves into these contracts and. It brings me back to like one of our earlier episodes when we were talking about signing, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what player it was. And it's like, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with the years because yeah. once we get to the tail end of that contract and they're still making that same annual average value, right? That's when you start to see shit like this happen yeah. where you're like, holy shit, the player is declining and the, and the money is staying the same. Money isn't isn't going away, and it's not getting any any less. It, it's like Calgary with Nazem Kadri, and I think everybody had that same sense when they signed Nazem Kadri to that deal. That's a great. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought up Calgary because that triggered what I. I, I don't know if you saw any of the clips from uh, Nikita Z, Z, uh, Zadorov. Oh yeah, I did. I did. He's another one, man, and and he he's a defenseman. Fuck, I'd love to have that guy on my team. I was just gonna say, dude, Fuck, that's yeah. what you want to hear from from somebody on your team. Pissed off, he apologized to the fans, and again, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't like, he doesn't have to do that. Right. Embarrassed the way that they're fucking playing. He's embarrassed at the compete level. He's embarrassed by the passion level, and I love to see shit like that, dude. I love yeah. seeing players like kind of take it into their own hands. Like again, he doesn't wear a letter for them, like. He should. He doesn't. But, like, yeah, after that, I think he should. Oh, yeah. I still haven't heard anything from any of these other players. You know, the Jonathan Huberdos, the Nazem Kadris, the – and, again, Backlund. I don't really put that on Backlund because he's never been a really outspoken person in the league, right? And yeah. maybe that's just because we're on the East Coast and we don't hear a lot. But, yeah, dude, I, I loved hearing that stuff. Like, I, I don't take that as, like, a negative one bit. Yeah, no, and I mean, especially with the way that Zadorov plays too. He, you know, he's that big, big guy on the back end. Plays physical, leads by example. Um, that's a guy I think that that should have a letter. I mean, we've seen it in Boston for so many years, right? Guys like Adam McQuaid, uh, Johnny Boychuk, obviously Chara, um, and all of them at some point wore a letter for this team, and and that's what leaders do. And with a team in Calgary who brought in these stars, like you said, they, they signed Kadri to that deal. They bring in Huberto. They trade Kachuk. Uh, they bring in Wegar. But nothing has changed. The Listen, team man, stinks. I, I think I think enough time has passed. Um, I think enough time has passed where they lost this trade. 100%. I agree. 100%. They, it's time. You know, I, I can confidently say – they, enough time has passed. We've seen the result of the end of last year. 
with with Florida making it right. They yeah. lost this trade, plain and simple. Yeah. So who yeah. So who do you hold accountable for that kind of trade? Because that's a franchise altering trade. Yeah, yeah, it really it is a franchise altering trade. I mean, Cal since that trade, Calgary hasn't done a single thing. Florida went to the Stanley Cup final, beat the best team of all time in the first round in seven games. Uh, unfortunately, um, and and Kachuk's like just marketing wise, right? I'm sure he, he alone brings the Panthers tons of new fans, tons of revenue, and I mean, what do the Calgary have? What do the Calgary Flames have to show for that? Literally nothing. And honestly, I'd be curious, and I think this is like once this episode comes out, I'm gonna try to tag some like Calgary people that are that are close to the team right and just yeah. fans of the team because I'm curious like what their thoughts are like is there still hope that Jonathan Huberto is going to return to form and get you know be that 100 point player or are they already looking at this like what the fuck have we done right yeah. like and again it's not like I look at like this the, the, the construct of this team right and it's like what do you have to be like excited about? Like not to be a fucking Debbie Downer, right? But it's like for young talent, like yeah, Matt Coronado is fucking gross, and yeah. shout out Harvard. Yeah, shout and, out. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> but like again, man, like they just they kind of back themselves like in a corner. Like I think the trade looked a lot better when it happened than. But even like players like Kachuk don't fucking grow on trees, right? Like, like if you want to make a deep playoff run and you you need a guy like Matthew Kachuk, yeah, I think Florida was already built and constructed the way where he was the missing piece. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like they're they're such a weird team, man. Even like Winnipeg too, dude. Like I, I don't even know. Like I, I know Bob is <laughs> corner man. Like. I love listening to that dude, man. Yeah, like, dude. I don't know. There's a lot of teams like that. Attendant, like Winnipeg's attend and, and Yeah, dude. Now that, now that brings up like is that like a is that a country I, not to like I, I don't know. Like is it a Canada thing? I, I don't know. Like it's just it just seems like, like all these teams that are like just not relevant. Hey, Vancouver's four and two though. You but, mean in in Canada thing in terms of like economics and how their dollar is yeah, and, just, and stuff just, like that? Just like again, are they not bringing in talent? Are they not? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, dude. Like, why are these teams struggling all of a sudden? Like, Calgary was a team that always, at, at least during my like upbringing, whatever, like they were always a team that competed. Yeah. Winnipeg was always a team that, yeah, they weren't like they competed, right? They, yeah. they weren't like fucking bottom of the barrel. Like, they have the lowest attendance. Is, is it the lowest or is it? Is it like top five lowest, or is it like the at no shit the lowest? I, I can't um, remember that I saw. I'll tell you in a second. You're talking about Winnipeg, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Like, regardless, it's like it was weird. Not to like go off tangent because I want to answer all these, you know, DMs and stuff. Well, not all fucking six of them, but I just don't understand. So. Second's the last. The, the last place is Buffalo. That's gonna change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gonna change. Um, yeah, dude, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. And honestly, I, I feel like the Oilers are. 
it's feeling like a very similar thing, right? Where everyone is just very disgruntled. You haven't heard anything from like McDavid. Yeah, he's injured, so you wouldn't typically fit, right? I, yeah. I don't know, man. Like they're they're one of those teams that are like really big surprise that I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's yeah. It's crazy my, honestly, it. honestly, since we're on the subject too, Montreal does not look awful. I'm pretty sure they're four, two, and one right now. Caulfield is having a good year to start. We um, knew that was going to happen. We, yeah. fucking, dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I would love to pull up. I'm going to try to go find it tonight. We, it was you who actually said Cole Caulfield's going to have a fucking huge year. Yeah. And again, you can tell, dude, by his overtime goal the other night, like he took that shit into his own hands, dude. Oh, like yeah. he, and shout out Arbor, uh, Arbor, uh, Jekai, dude. I think he's, yeah. been, I think he's been the drop the mitts fight of the week twice now. I think so. <laughs> uh, so we might as well just for the rest of the year, just like give him, you know, but give him the award. He's like, yeah. Bergeron in the Selkie. And then his fuck brother was the other one, dude. <laughs> so, Dude. It, it, I just, I love that. I don't know. Like, obviously they're a rival of the Bruins. Not, not necessarily anymore. Like, I think it's kind of simmered down a little bit, but oh yeah, they're, they're a fun team to watch, man. Like they have pieces, like they just drafted Reinbacher. Like I love Jack guy. I love Jordan Harris. I love, you know, Mike Matheson, his fucking goal. Did you see him go fucking coast to coast, dude? Like, dude, nasty. Was, like, <laughs> Mike Johnson miracle, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what? How? Dude, like, what is this? I'm like watching it and I thought it was in slow-mo. It was on yeah. TikTok. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> No one was touching him, dude. And I was like, like, and he just fucking goes down, dude, silky mitts and spanks went home. And I'm like, this is unreal. Like, yeah. Mike Matheson, really? Out of all people. Dude, that was, that was sick. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that shit was so funny, man. Cause I legit thought it was like in slow-mo. He, well, he was doing it. It looked like he was skating through like yeah, his edge work, though, which is, which is sick. And, yeah. He, uh, he just unlocked the lead edges on NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Boys was a hundred with the lead edges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, they're they're a fun team to watch. Like, I don't know, like, and they're another team. Like, could they possibly make noise in that division? Like, I don't know if they're going to be anywhere close to winning or even being in the playoff spot. But they're going to be fucking annoying to play against. I can tell you that much. That's not an automatic W. No, and that's what I'm kind of worried about with like with the Bruins, right? Because these games, like, especially with playing the ducks like that's a game you have to have man you're up three one and again our both of us have severe adhd so we're like all over the place but like again that's it's a game you have to have like and montreal is going to be the same way like they're going to be fucking pesky and i'm i'm not gonna lie to you dude i don't think that there's i think outside of one team in the nhl i think there is not there's not a team that you could just walk through outside of the sharks I think every other team is at least competitive. I mean, if you look around the league right now, um, I mean, like, as I pull up the stats, um, I don't believe there are too many teams that are under 500 by a lot. Um, Worst, the worst 
the worst four teams, Calgary, Chicago, Edmonton, and San Jose. San Jose is 0-6-1. That is fucking atrocious. Dude. Um, Edmonton, 1-5-1. Chicago, 2-5-0. Calgary, 2-5-1. Like, I'm looking at the same. Uh, you're on the NHL app, I assume. I'm looking yes. at the bottom of the league, dude. Can you imagine if either Chicago or Edmonton fucking picks up a Cole Eiserman or a Macklin Celebrini? Dude, they don't deserve it. Maybe Chicago, not Edmonton. Edmonton is a... I, a what's what's going on in Edmonton right now? And I know we talked about it, but it is so baffling. It's not a... It's not a what, how do I want to say this? I don't know, dude. Like, again, one, five, and one? Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't know, dude. Like, I... I... Okay, so is that just players not committing to the team? I don't know, or, dude. Or is it really a depth issue? But my question is, is you have essentially the same roster that you had last year, right? Little, yeah. Like minor, minor transactions were made, whatever. How do you go from, they were like a clear cut playoff team, like top of the West, right? I, I, I can't remember exactly what their record was, but like. Pretty sure they were second or third in the West. That doesn't warrant you going down to 31. No. Granted, have, granted, we are only seven games in, but like. Holy shit, what a historically bad start for a good team. But, but again, like what so what do you what do you owe that to? The McDavid injury? He's been he's been out what two games so far? One or yep. two games. I, I don't know exactly, but what do you owe that? There has to be more to the story than this, dude. Not to mention everyone acting completely fucking disgruntled. That people aren't disgruntled because McDavid got injured. There's something else right. going on there. There's there has to be. And there has to be some kind of disconnect. It has to be. Is it a coach to player thing? Is it a, I don't know. It, I can't even And like, again, yeah, look at this. And all I can think about is like, can you imagine if one of like, yeah, Chicago is, we kind of, we kind of knew like they kind of, they're kind of, they are what they are. Right. They, you know, the Bedard show, whatever. Yeah. But Edmonton, man, can you imagine if they fucking get a top three pick? Like that's, that's, uh, <laughs> That would be that would be the most Edmonton thing of all time. <laughs> and they won't fucking hit on that one either. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I can't say that because I I really I think Nugent Hopkins is a really good player. Like yeah. But again, they've had other really high picks that just Yakupov. How do you say his name? Yakup Yakupov Pulyarvi. Oh, you don't like Nail Yakupov. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was actually playing NHL, dude, and I was. Firing up my Bruins dynasty and saw fucking Jesse Pooley still available, and I still <laughs> him just snagged him up off the free agent market. Oh, I left his ass in free agency. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, <laughs> we can no, keep but, uh, so I think what I think that was our biggest surprise, good and bad, right? I don't think we've gotten into um, the most yeah. like you know most likely biggest sellers. Yeah, um, <clears throat> which I think this is a, a really good question. And this question was asked. Let me go back and look because I don't want to like mess up here. And I thought this. I was like, "Fuck! I, I don't even know this early in the year. Like, we're already talking like sellers and and buyers at the deadline." Um. So this question was asked by Ian Kennedy. Oh, he's uh, the host of the uh, 
the Colts podcast we have on uh, Primetime. Yes, sir. Shout out Ian. Shout out Kevin. Um, you can follow him at, at Kennedy, I, capital I, 5-7. And his question was, what team do you most likely see being sellers at the deadline? And also, also with that, who is most likely to be buyers? I'll let, you, I'll let you go first. This was a fucking phenomenal question because this is it's a fun question, especially being this early in the year. Yeah. You look at a team we just talked about with Edmonton. Do you all of a sudden put them as sellers at this point? Uh, not yet. Because I think they'll turn it around. I think they're too good not to turn it around. I, I think I have three teams in mind that could be sellers. Okay. Um, that's the New York Islanders, the Nashville Predators, and the Washington Capitals. I think those are my top three teams that could be sellers. Caps aren't going to sell Ovi. Ovi's saying, but if things continue to trend this way, they're not sniffing the playoffs. They're not going to get anywhere close to a top eight spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, let alone a top three spot in the division. I think the Caps could sell off. Um, I don't. Think, I don't think Pitt would. Nashville, I can see selling. Maybe St. Louis too. I, what do you think? I no. I I agree. I like the not that I like this year. Because <laughs> because you think about it, yeah, you bring up Washington. It's like, well, what do they sell at that point? Because they're right. at right. such a weird spot in their tenure right now like it's literally the alexander ovechkin show right now right it's yeah literally let's let's wait until he hits the record right and reevaluate things but you look at what they have as far as pieces for the future and it's like well do you right now really want to get rid of a guy like if kenny kuznetsov do you want to get rid of a guy like john carlson do you want to get rid of a guy like it, it's hard it's hard to like put yourself in that because you're putting yourself in a bind, right? Once Ovi leaves, you're like, well, oh, fuck. Like, we just we all this shit. like now we blow, which they blow anyways. But what about a guy like Tom Wilson? I, I don't think they'll move Tom Wilson. I think Tom Wilson no. is the next captain. Really? I do. I do. I, I, I actually am confident in that. I think, how, how I think old is Tom Wilson? I think Tom Wilson, once Ovi leaves, is going to be the next captain of the Washington Capitals. Yeah, he is only twenty nine. Um, um, I think I think he's really and and what you hear about him and obviously you know in, in his first first thing that comes to mind is I look at a guy like Brad Marchand, right? I think we all know what he did early in his career, trying to make a name for himself and and really playing on that edge. Um, and I think Tom Wilson is a very similar, right? Like similar situation, I guess. Yeah. I think he's really well liked in the locker room. I think he's a really well liked across the league as surprising as that sounds. I think he's made a couple of very questionable hits decisions as has Brad Marchand. Yeah. And I think he just also has just that likability about him. So I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see him, um, having the sea in Washington once Ovi leaves. No, that's a good call. I, I can see that. But you're right. Like when I'm 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 going through their roster right now and I'm like, you can't sell him off. You can't sell him off. Because you're right. They're the whole team right now is just on that Ovi chase of the goal record. Um 
and they're not going to sell off pieces to make it harder for him to catch that record. And they're not going to sell Ovi either. He's going to break that record in a Caps uniform. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're in a weird spot. They are. A a team that came to mind for me that's sitting kind of in the middle right now, they're sitting at 14, is Carolina. Um, I look at Carolina, and yeah, they always are that, like, pesky team. Like, aren't always, like, super super skilled they just play that very structured and pesky game i mean that that's a rod rod Brindamore, you know system i could see them if, if things start going sideways man i i wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see i mean they have they have valuable pieces martin natchez sebastian aho you know uh Svenstikov, who i think is is their best player without a doubt i think he went healthy yeah Aho's been able to stay healthy, so at this point, I would put Aho as their best player. Brett Pesci, you know, all these guys, they they have pieces that they could move. I think they're at kind of a weird spot right now where they're, like, sitting kind of smack dab in the middle. Yeah. And I think if things start to go south even more for Carolina, because let's face it, man, this team hasn't looked like themselves. No, not yet. No, they're what are they five hundred right now? I think yeah, they're four and four. Again, yeah, we we acknowledge every take that we that we make that we're very early in the season. Yeah, okay. they're hang on. I don't think so. <laughs> um, oh. but what about a team like Pittsburgh? If a team like Pittsburgh, I mean, you saw them kind of load up with. But what? Eric. But what do you think? What do you think gets moved from Pittsburgh? Is my question. Would I think be- you. I think you can move Eric Carlson. The contract would be hard. What about a guy like Brian Rust? That's the problem, though, is the fact that he's making ele- over eleven sheets, dude. Yeah. And with how with with the state of what the cap is now, it would be very hard to construct something. I mean, yeah. not only just involving a third team to try to alleviate some of that, but the amount of hoops and that they're going to have to jump through to make that happen, like especially at, at a time like the trade deadline, right? Like that's when we're expecting that these teams are going to do this. I just don't see it happening with Pittsburgh. I, I don't know, dude, like that, that's another team very similar to Washington. Although I think they're more competitive than Washington. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. My, t- my pick was Carolina just because if things start to go South, I can for sure see them fucking starting to dump. But again, maybe, maybe Florida look, too. Yeah, let's we look at these teams, man, like starting from like 14 down, right? I mean, Winnipeg's sitting at 12, so it's like the two people that I thought would be moved were Shifley and Hellebuck, and they just signed long-term deals. Yeah. Now, was that to make them more appealing to other teams? To I, I don't know. They're still on Winnipeg right now and still playing. Yeah. You go down that list, dude, and you look at these teams, and it's like St. Louis is a good one. Minnesota, like again, what what are you going to give up at that point? Like Ryan Hartman, I don't, I don't know, dude. Like I, you're not giving up Capriz up. You're not giving up Matt Boldy, a guy like Matt Zuccarello, maybe, maybe, maybe to a contender and get a, a get a first or second round pick. But yeah, because they, they do have to make money, too, because they're cap-constrained yeah. to hell right now. Yeah, and, and like, again, yeah, Florida, mate, like, what do you move if you're Florida, though? 
If you're Florida, I mean, you're not going to move guys like Ekblad. You're not going to move guys like Barkov. Um, you're not going to move a guy like Kachuk. Maybe Evan Rodriguez. Um, uh, that's, not a, that's not like a significant. Right, it's not significant. Like that. Evan Rodriguez is a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's got eight points through six games right now. He definitely, I mean, he definitely has some value to a playoff yeah. team. Like if you're if you're a playoff team and you're looking to have just like that little extra oomph to your lineup, Evan Rodriguez could get you maybe oh, like a oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah. He he would remind me of like a uh, obviously not to the same extent and obviously not to the same magnitude, but like when we acquired Tyler Bertuzzi last year. Yes, yes. I yes. think that's exactly what it would feel like if like a team brought in a guy like Evan Rodriguez. And and you saw what the Bruins had to give up to get a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi too. Yeah. So no, that's a good one. And and I I kind of want to caveat and, and you know kind of switch. Who do you think are going to be buyers? And I think this is fucking way easier to tell than yeah. So. I mean, yeah. you're you look at the top the top fucking eight teams right there. Are all going to be buyers at the deadline? Every I, last one of them. They always I, are. I think all three teams that we mentioned earlier Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit I think they're all going to be buyers. Because um, I don't think Buffalo is going to sell unless they move on from guys like, I don't know, Gergensen's, Oposo. Yeah. Well, this is, and this is the thing what kind of gets me thinking is we've heard a lot, a lot of rumblings of like, Players that are veterans at this point, like high 20s, you know, in age. And the Buffalo Sabres have so many fucking prospects available that aren't even yeah. cracking the lineup right now. That probably would crack the lineup on the vast majority of like the bottom feeder teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you think, you think you, for me, I think about a guy like Yuri Coolidge, who I got to see at, you know, um, the prospect challenge in Buffalo. I loved his game, dude, and he he was good. He's a good player, but yeah. that that lineup is so stacked where he just the, it's not in the cards for him. It's dude. just yeah, he's just he's locked right now. Well, he's like, locked. Isaac Isaac Rosen is another one, first yeah. round pick, hasn't really come into his own yet. Still another another good player though. If he goes to another team, I mean, let let's put it this way: Tage Thompson, what hasn't always been on Buffalo, right? He was a draft pick of the St. Louis Blues, and he was on, the only reason why he's in Buffalo is because of the Ryan O'Reilly deal. Yep. And then all of a sudden he pops off, and and he is what he is now. So, I wouldn't rule out like a change of scenery for some of these guys, and all of a sudden they pop off. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like those are two guys that like immediately come to mind. That like those are appealing pieces that you could add to a deal and bring in like, so because that's what they could use. It's like a hardy vet dude that can fucking play, put the puck in the net. Yeah. And although I, I love what they, what they got going right now. I can't wait to see Maddie Savoy in that lineup, dude. I know, dude. Oh I know. God. Did you see, did you see Benson giving it to, uh, I forget he was, I forget who he was tripping, but from the bench and uh, uh, who, who's Buffalo's head coach. Um, He's escaping my mind right now. Granado. Granado. Yeah. Granado like ran down the bench and like just tugged on his shoulder. And was like, stop, like just knock it off. <laughs> Such a dad moment. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let it, just let him. Dude's probably fucking hilarious to, like. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just this, like, fucking kid. Just you. I don't even know what you say at that point. Like. <laughs>
<laughs> they're they're a fun team, man. Like it, it, yeah. These hypotheticals are cool. Like, yeah. I think the buyers at the deadline was way easier than the sellers because yeah, like sellers is tough. There's not like clear, yeah, yeah. There's clear cut fucking bad teams. We're talking like San Jose, Edmonton is not a clear cut bad team. I don't right. know what the fuck is going on there. Fucking Chicago is a bad team, right? Yep. Um, Washington's a bad team. Seattle is sitting at twenty seven, which was last year just like a fucking Cinderella year for them. I don't know, man. Like yeah. I'm starting to see, and again. They're only two and four, uh, two four and two. It's very early, but like again, Anaheim. So these, you're starting to see a pattern of like these teams that are now all of a sudden like you're seeing Buffalo, Ottawa, um, Detroit. They're starting to make their way up, and I yeah. think in, in in probably a short amount of time we're going to start seeing the same with Chicago, San Jose, Anaheim, with all these draft picks. Now they're all of a sudden going to start moving up. And it's yeah. just like a ripple effect, dude. And yeah, I could see, I could see these teams dealing off like vets and stuff, and, and getting young pieces, and then all of a sudden we're talking two years from now, being like, oh shit, like they got fucking Yuri Coolidge last year, like they got Isaac Rosen like two years yeah. ago, like and now all of a sudden he's gonna pop off. So I, I could see it happening, but I don't know, man. It, it's hard to tell this early in the year. Yeah, it is. Um, so we're gonna. We're actually moving to probably my favorite my favorite topic in uh, college hockey, my bread and butter. Oh yeah. Um. So we're this question is actually from our boy Mel. Shout out, uh, shout out Mel. Nikki. Um. So you can follow Mel, um, at Nick Melanson and then underscore. Um. He also co-hosts with Sully, um, on the Something's Brewing podcast. You can follow them at Bruin. Capital B and then something. Capital S, no G at the end. Hell yeah. Um, so his question is, fellas, is UMass hockey back? I and again, I a uh, couple weeks back we had uh, Johnny Lazarus on, and he obviously he's a UMass guy. He was doing the color for the uh, the UMass uh, Michigan game, yep. and. Got to got to watch that game. I think I went to the wrong game because Michigan absolutely <laughs> fucking pippy spanked them. <laughs> they did. They did, man. And like I was like, holy shit! Like this team's. A-. They are. I mean, they're a phenomenal team. Michigan is. Yeah. Um, the next day, all of a sudden, you. I don't know what Greg Carvel told his team or or whatever, but UMass took it to Michigan and ended up winning that game in in significant fashion. Yeah, I think UMass is back, and I don't think they ever really went away. I think they had a year of they kind had, of med- mediocrity almost. Some time, and I think every every school goes through that, right? Where you know right. tough recruiting periods, and they have two of the two of the best. I should I shouldn't say the best two top defensemen. Yeah, uh, dude, I watched them, and they were their two best players and that's uh Scotty Morrow and Ryan Ufko. I yep. and, like dude those guys the way that they saw the ice and the way that they kind of took control of that game like they're they're unbelievable talents and I I don't know if UMass is going to compete this year right I mean we see how fucking loaded the the Terriers are at BU and and the Eagles at BC yeah. Providence is fucking back 
and you know what? I'm gonna say this again. UNH as well, dude. UNH, dude. UNH looks good. Fucking wagon. Yeah. And that actually goes into our next question. But to get to Mel's question, they aren't they're back, yes. Do I think that they're gonna compete with the top, you know, the cream of the crop, whatever at the top? I don't think so. I don't think they have the talent. I don't think they they have some very talented players. They have some very special players that are going to be good players at the next level. I don't think they have what it takes to compete with the BCs, the BUs. The yeah. I I don't see it. it. And there's not a lot. And that's not a discredit to the UMass uh, Minutemen. That's how loaded the BCs, the BU, like Minnesota, all those teams, dude. Like. It's going to be tough for them. It would it would have to be a Cinderella story. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it would definitely be looked at as a like Cinderella story. I th- I think UMass is definitely a top ten team. I don't think they're top five. I think they'll be somewhere between six and ten. They're not a bad team at all. I mean, obviously they got Dan Zlock Mellis, uh, Bruins prospect. Um, but like you said, last year was kind of like a middling year. Like they weren't really they weren't an amazing team. They weren't bad but they weren't going to blow you away or win too many games this year. They're going to be better than last year. They're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be top 10, but anywhere five and below, I'd be surprised. Um, I, I see him finishing somewhere in the six to 10 range. Yeah. You know, and, and another guy that they have uh, that's really kind of come onto the scene um, who I didn't really know about until I was actually watching um, is number nine for them, Jack Musa. And he, yep. Man, he – I was watching him, and that kid can fucking play, man. Right now, you know, two goals, six assists, eight points, uh, seven shots, and he's he's at a plus three right now. And he he was another guy, man, that I, I was really surprised by. Um, not not because I'm sure he's always been a very good player. I just didn't hear anything about him, right, coming into this season. Right. And he's top of the scoring for the Minutemen, right, in uh, – I was pleasantly surprised to to see him, you know, light it up. And obviously they got Taylor McCarr still that, are, you know, he's still, you know, making his way and trying to find his way um, and get going this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I would say they're back, right. I, I wouldn't say that they're going to be a bottom feeder by any means. Um, They have, they have the coaching that there's no doubt about that. Greg Carvel is literally one of the best coaches. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it's just a matter of, you know, finding their way and finding their game. You know, they're going to have to win low scoring games. And um, I would say they're back, Mel. Yep. I would say they're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're back. UMass hockey is back. Um, so which kind of goes into our next, uh, our next topic. Right. And uh, yeah. that's, it's uh, wasn't really a question, but we'll give it to Lauren. Um, <laughs> you can follow Lauren at, capital B, capital O, capital S, and then Bruins, um, capital H, capital C. Um, and she tweeted at us, UNH, UNH, UNH. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I had the thrill and the pleasure to watch that Quinnipiac UNH game. And although it was a very questionable call at the end, as far as goalie interference goes, um, I know Mel's going to rip me for that one. Um, UNH is back for sure. 
there's if no you're, yeah if you want to talk about a hall, uh, college hockey program that's back right now it's UNH um, fun to have, watch man and just seeing the you know and from the TV you could still see a little bit right I we asked Riley Duran like what what are some of the best places he mentioned you know the Conti Forum you know for BC and um, you made, you there yesterday, man it, it was sick yeah and, and I'm watching on the TV man and one place that we have to hit up is Whitmore oh yeah they, oh yeah. Dude, they look like fucking lunatics out there. And I oh, they go crazy. UNH fans go crazy, dude. Well, we were talking about it. We're like, well, what else do they have out there? Like I and we that you know, we brought up Vermont too, but yeah. But just watching them, man, they they just were it just looked electric when they scored too. And like again, they I, I wrote down some of their set, you know, they five four win overtime over the national champion, you know, Quinnipiac uh, you know, Quinnipiac team. And just recently, they beat Northeastern 4-1, dude. And yep. Northeastern is no fucking slouch. You know, that's not a garbage team. Well, dude, have you seen this kid, Ryan Conmey? He's got seven, he's got, um, seven yeah, points. I got, in- I got his name fucking starred right now, along with Cy LeClaire and uh, Steven Sardarian. I apologize yeah. if, I, uh, if I fucked up the names. Yeah, dude, 5'10", 190. He's a forward. Um he's 1.75 uh, points per game. He's got one goal, six assists. He's got no penalties. Um, <laughs> he's playing well, dude. Yeah, college hockey is college hockey as a whole is back. College hockey is back. And you know what? Tonight, it doesn't look like right now I'm going to be able to make the, the BC game with, uh, with Boosie. And that's honestly, I kind of thought I kind of knew that that was fine. And I went last night, I was super happy and, um, got to see Ryan Leonard's first goal. That was that was sick. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, college hockey is unbelievable. Like right after we re- we uh, we get done recording this, best believe I'm fucking flipping on Nesson and I'm watching oh, yeah. whatever is on there. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> it is unbelievable hockey. And you know, we unfortunately you didn't get to be there for the interview with uh, Johnny Lazaris, but yeah. we were talking about it, man. The state of college hockey and like what factors into why these kids are all of a sudden choosing college over junior, right? Yeah. And it's just that college experience. Like, college hockey is fucking electric, dude. It's so much fun. Like, again, you know, you're going to see the top three picks this year. If I had to – I'm probably going to clip this, and, and hopefully I'm right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, but, again, like, we're looking at the top three picks. I think we can agree uh, – Macklin Celebrini, right? I like again, but Cole Eiserman played against BU man and fucking tore it up. Yeah. So I don't know that they're a lot closer than I think. I think it's still gonna end up being Macklin Celebrini being the top pick. Yeah. But that's no like dig at Cole Eiserman. Yeah. And then a guy that I was watching like really closely yesterday was uh defenseman for Michigan State. Uh, Artyom Levushnov. I hope I'm fucking saying his name right because I and, and I apologize if I'm not, but he's a, a freshman defenseman. Um, played for Green Bay last year. He, dude, he's from Belarus. They have him slotted in that in that like third best prospect. Really? He I actually I, didn't know that. And he's a seven seventeen year old playing at Michigan State. And there were a lot of players that are at Michigan State right now that I didn't really realize you know i didn't i didn't i forgot that they were there 
Isaac yeah. Howard, I don't know if you remember, he was yeah. first rounder for uh, Tampa. Yeah. Reed Leibster, who, who yeah. was, you know, formerly of the UMass Minutemen. They, they were a good team, man. They fucking took it to the Eagles. What is what is this defenseman's name? His name is Ar- Artyom Levshunov. Good luck spelling. I, I'm trying to look him up right now. <laughs> Minnesota State? No, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Michigan State. Michigan, Michigan State. State. Minnesota? I think so. Um, it's I, okay, though. Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. And, dude, again, I just – Oh, okay. I was watching him, and he's a big boy, and he sees the ice. Like, for a 17-year-old, bro, like, I just I, – I was amazed. They had him on the top power play. Just the way that he, you know, skated with the puck, he he's going to be a top pick in this draft, whether it's the third overall, fifth, whatever. He's going to be a top pick. Wow. Yeah, he's he's uh, 6'2", 198. Uh, the Hockey News has him at uh, ranked number six. Uh, Bob McKenzie, TSN, has him ranked four. Craig Button, TSN, five. So, yeah. I always just look at the Bob McKenzie rating. Yeah, Bob McKenzie's the best. safe enough. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna be a um, this class man of of kids coming in, and and this is no like slap in the face to junior right because there's a ton of phenomenal junior kids coming out. Berkeley Catton of Spokane, uh, you know Sam Dickinson, defenseman from London. Like, there's a ton of talent, but I think the main point that we're trying to make here is that there's a huge, huge up uptick in talent coming to college hockey. And it's yeah. fun to see, dude. It's awesome to see, and I'm excited about it. And um, it's going to be fun to see, especially come draft time when you see all these schools like get get called, right? Especially super early, you know, first round. And um, yeah, I, I'm trying to get to a lot more games where I see these kids. Like, it's, I I I want to see, uh, you know, Celebrini, I, both brothers, dude. Like, uh, yeah. Aiden, you know, Aiden. Is that a is that BU defenseman Macklin's obviously the talk of the, but Aiden was a draft pick from you know Vancouver, um, just a loaded team man. Like it, it's so fun, especially us being from Mass and like so close to these schools that like it, it's we have to get to these games. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that all? Uh, I don't know. That that kind of wraps it up for now, dude. Like obviously this is uh we don't have an interview. Uh, did we wait? Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold your horses. We did not even discuss the half a season suspension. Oh yes. Of Shane Pinto. I think we got so wrapped up in in all this other talk, man. That this is yeah, this is absolutely something that we have to touch on. Um, so obviously the news came, um, you know, yesterday that Shane Pinto was being suspended literally half the season yeah i wait before before he wasn't even betting on nhl games right he was just gambling in general before yeah so we i mean we can get into but yeah he there was an investigation done apparently right that he was betting on sporting events what those events were they didn't know hence why they did the investigation they then came to find out that there was literally it wasn't on his own team. It wasn't even in the same sport. So that kind of puts a throws a 
I don't I don't know what to say, man. Like I immediately he came forward and he was like, I accept all punishment, you know, I accept full responsibility. Like Yeah. He did it, you know, he grabbed it by the nuts and he just owned it, right? And <laughs> yeah. he and he did. He was a fucking man about it. And what I'm wondering is what was most mind blowing to me is that the picture that they released, right, when he got suspended was they had he had a bet ninety nine fucking logo on his helmet, right? And I and, and and I'm not saying that I condone sports gambling, but like this is this story is kind of crazy to me. And I, I don't know what to like make of it because it's like for one, he wasn't even betting on his own sport. And for someone who likes to bet on sports, it had no outcome. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious what people think. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It's always been a rule, but like times have changed. Like yeah. it's prime pretty much legal in every like we're getting to the point where it's gonna be legal in every state. Yeah. And I just I didn't understand why so many games like it almost felt like the NHL was trying to make an example of Shane. And I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know where you are in this, you know, in this situation. It's, it's definitely bizarre. It came out of fucking left field, dude. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think it's dumb. First of all, for a lot of reasons, but first of all, it wasn't even in his own sport. It's not like he was influencing anything to go one way or the other. He was just gambling on other sports. I don't see the harm in that. The only thing is, if this was the NHL's policy and all the players in the NHLPA and they all signed off on it saying, okay, yep, we get it, good to go, It these are the rules, follow them or else, and he broke those rules, then he broke the rules and he has to deal with it from an outside perspective, not knowing, you know, the full complete details, why it doesn't really, the the punishment doesn't fit the crime in my opinion. But Sully, so this is what kind of throws a wrench in things. Let's not forget that Shane Pinto isn't even under contract right now. That's, that was the other part that I was going to bring up. Like he's not even playing. Yeah. And and so that's why this kind of, I, I don't understand. I don't understand it, and I think I, it's it's a matter of having to do more reading on it because yeah, he owned up to it super quick, which again just proves that he he probably knew. Was it one of those instances where he just didn't know and he has he's not signed and he just was like, you know what, let me let me fucking bet on a football game, you know? And, and again, I'm not saying that's what he did, but I'm just saying hypothetically, he's yeah. not playing hockey right now. He's not signed to a team. Football, like, there's a ton of sports going on right now. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of would be in the same boat. Like, I'd be like, well, what's the issue? Like, I'm not signed. Right. So, what, what is the issue? It's not affecting my team. It's not affecting my, even my sport for that matter. Right. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it's so, like, yesterday I was reading everyone's tweets and it wasn't really, like, the tweets weren't really like opinion based. Like, well, this is like a this is a horrible suspension. It more so was just like he's just suspended. Yeah. It wasn't really like there was really no opinion, one way or another. Like, oh, he yeah. this, he he deserves this shit. Like, 
I don't know, dude. It, it's it's bizarre to think about. I just think about it from that standpoint. It's like, well, he's not signed to a team. The the one thing that I did see a lot of was people basically calling out the NHL for being so hypocritical, having these advertisements on their on you you know on their jerseys on their on their TV streams. It's a source of revenue for them, and then when one of their players kind of utilizes that for his own say entertainment but again then it's, all of a sudden it's wrong it's not even his sport though which is right. what's mind-boggling to me right you know if we're sitting here talking about shane pinto throwing puck line on whatever team plays ottawa that's one thing that's like, a totally different that's thing totally that's like pete rose shit right there right right <laughs> this dude wasn't even betting on the same fucking sport right and, and again maybe i'm naive to the fact of like what actually happened, but all the information that came out was that the investigation happened. They found that it wasn't on his own team and it wasn't even on his own sport. So right. as soon as that is figured out and no, like recognized, it's like, okay, like, well then what? I don't, I don't know. And like, I don't know, dude. It's like, what, what are, what's the rationale for having those rules? Like, you can't bet on all the sports. Is it because they think the athletes are going to talk to each other? Like, I, I don't know. Like what, what possibly would be the rationale for that? And right. I get conflict of interest. I get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one. And you're right. It came out of nowhere, but at the end of the day, if he, if he, you know, if he understood the, the rules of the betting policy, then if he broke it, he broke it. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's a weird one. Um, yeah, especially since it's not the NHL. It, it's a weird one. Yeah, I have a. Uh, so I, I was just kind of fucking with Brett. Brett had a question too that I was just gonna like act like I'm editing the show, but yeah. So he had, he had a question too, and he, dude, I don't know if you got to see his his PWHL mock up like drawing. The Badgers. Like, the Badgers, yeah. Yeah. Those were sick. Yeah. I was like, can dude, you imagine the Badgers were like, dude, no, hold your nuts. <laughs> PWHL, Boston, wicked. I couldn't, I was like, <sighs> you fucking, and like, just, again, just dude, stick with pride. That's what I was going to say. Just stay with the pride. Everybody loves the pride. It made sense. People resonated with it. Um, uh, I want to know. Mean, who makes these like decisions? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's not, really it's not fun. good. Like, I just, I don't know, dude. I, like that's the best you can come up with. You can all, just, all of them, dude, I, all dude, of them. They were brutal. Yes. All of them. I just, I don't. And that was, so Brett's question was, uh, so I responded swinging a miss, not going with his, uh, <laughs> yes. he said it, you know, it's a conspiracy, obviously. <laughs> um, so he his question was uh why would pwhl boston not go with my boston badgers idea um it's a good question dude listen these look like some like nhl dynasty jerseys i'd want to use yeah um i don't dude listen i i loved his mock-up like those are so sick the green the black the green pants green gloves black socks with the with the green stripe those are fucking gross yeah. I'm curious to see what they go with. Like, what is the logo going to be for Wicked? Is it going to be black and yellow? Like, 
I don't know. Like, are they going to? I don't think so. I think they're going green. I think they're going green. Green is their primary color. I don't uh, listen. I I don't know. I is that what they're going with? I mean, if they if they, I think so. But if they stick with the name Wicked, do they? What's their logo? Like a witch? I saw some hilarious memes right where it's like they announced that it was the you know the Boston Wicked, and all of a sudden like they're (laughs) they're putting on the jerseys, dude. Like, do you remember uh, Casey Affleck's like skit where he's like the the Dunkin' Donuts guy? Yeah, he's, he's like smoking the cigarette. He's like, I'm not smoking, Mac. Yeah, he's holding it out the door. Yeah, he's holding it out the door. Just holding the fucking stogie out the window and uh, yeah, or out the out the door rather. And uh, yeah, uh, someone put that on a jersey. I was like, this is exactly what I think of fucking. <laughs> that would be honestly funny. That would be so funny. Actually, I think it was Connor Ryan that posted that meme. So <laughs> and uh. But yeah, that that pretty much wraps up, um, you know, everything that we're going to talk about. We don't have a guest this week. Um, kind of just stuck with you know Sully and myself. And honestly, it was a great episode. We haven't had one of these in a while. Like where it's yeah. just long, uh, you know, long talk. And um, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to kind of bring up or discuss. Um, but I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Edmonton. It's going to be really, really interesting. Come you know, the next five to seven games that they're still on this pace and what the hell, then what the hell. Um, it's going to be fun to watch Detroit, uh, Buffalo, if they can get out of this hole. Um, Are you going to be in tomorrow? Tomorrow? Yeah. No, no, I won't be there. I, yeah. I think we're all going though, November 2nd against the Leafs. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I, Cause I know Brett's coming. He's making his uh, long awaited, uh, his track down journey, dude. <laughs> he, might, he might not go back either. He might not. He might just stay. He might just stay in my basement, which is fine. I was going to say, yeah, he can hop between my house and yours. Yeah, that's fine. It's it's not that cold out right now. Yeah, so. we're like divorced parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, yeah, it's no, it's going to be a lot of fun. It uh, That game, it, 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 which actually just triggered another thing in my mind, which we can go on and on, but like, the fact that Lucic is hurt and we're not going to be able to see Revo and Lucic, man. Like yeah. I, I have been waiting for someone to like. There's very few fighters, right? Not even fighters, just tough guys that I think could really go toe to toe with uh, with Revo. Because yeah. Revo's, let's call it what it is, man. You can call him call him what you want. Not you, just people in general, but just people, yeah. Fucking tough motherfucker, dude. Oh, yeah. He's a tough motherfucker. He likes to open his mouth for sure, but he backs it up, man. Like he he's a tough, tough dude. And I think one of the ones, one of the people that could go fucking toe to toe with him is Milan Lucic. Oh yeah. Especially yeah. in a Boston uniform for sure. Yeah, dude. Like, can you imagine how fucking loud the garden would be? It fucking collapse. I'm pissed. I'm pissed he's not gonna be there, dude. I'm pretty rattled. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> but again, you know, I mean, I'm sure like I'm sure Matthew Potra would step in, right, to fill that void. And oh yeah, yeah, he could he could fight Reeves. <laughs> I said that to uh, I said that to Boozy yesterday on Only Brew. You know, he was talking about the same thing. He he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking pissed" or whatever. And I think it just kind of caught him off guard. I just said that Matthew Potra was going to step in for him, and he just was, I think he finally thought about it and was like, "Just with what would happen to that poor kid." Oh my god, we wouldn't. We would never see him in the NHL again, dude. He'd be too scared. 
Oh, dude, we we don't need him fighting like that. No, no, I would I would literally be shaking in my seat in the balcony if I saw Pacha square up with Reeves. I'd be like, well, what are you what well, are you doing? You know what it would be? It would literally be like if it were me, closing my eyes and just tossing bombs as hard as I could <laughs> in all the end cuts. Yeah, and then you know what? If you get hit, your eyes are already closed, right? And you're just <laughs> like, yeah, hey. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't even feel it. All of a sudden, you're just, now you're just out cold. That's it. Dude, and, and like, again, I was so, I was like, fucking typical timing, right? Like, that would have been, I, I couldn't imagine how, I think they play them, though, again, at, like, towards the end of the year, or if I'm not I missing. think, I think they meet up in Toronto early December. Oh, it looks like we'll have to so, make a Toronto trip then. Prime yeah, time. we'll have to just make it up to Brett. Brett came down here. We'll go up to Canada. You can do that. I can work that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that concludes episode 18 of uh, Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. Um, I am your host uh, at Chris Davis, Chris J Davis 11 at Drop Mitts Hockey, and with my co host at underscore Mike Sullivan. Um, that concludes this episode. It was a blast. Um, and honestly, we got. Every week, it seems like we have more and more to talk about, and, and it's just so so good to have hockey back, bro. Oh, yeah, dude. It's the best. It's the best. All right, guys. So we'll see you next time. Take care.